Atheist Nomads episode 239, American Atheists again with David Silverman. The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo-hahs. Please be advised. Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. I am Dustin, and joining me is Lauren. Hello! In about 10 to 15 minutes, we'll have David Silverman with us from American Atheists. And I already recorded the interview, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, he basically just took care of himself. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good interview. and uh, That's the best kind of interview right there. Hopefully my voice sounds better than it does in the interview. I was still getting over a cold at that point, so my, my voice was a bit rough. Uh, Don't let him off the hook, guys. Complain. <laughs> uh, do you need to announce that uh, Women v. Religion, the case against faith and for freedom, is now available for pre-order? It will be finally released on June 1, 2018. This is the latest collection of essays that Karen Garst uh, has released, who we had on the show back in December um, while we were out on parental leave. Uh, we actually talked to her in October or November. <laughs> And uh, we'll be getting some more of the uh, the authors on that that book uh, here in in the next several months, um, probably closer to the summer, as uh, when those will be released. Uh, when we're which will be nice because the book will come out, and then you can, uh-huh. we'll, we'll interview some of the authors, and it will be one nice big happy family. Yes, and then we will uh, go to the cabin, <laughs> and then we'll disappear. We'll run away for a while. On February 14, Nicholas Cruz took an Uber with a backpack and a long bag to the Stoneman Douglas High School. He then entered the freshman building containing 30 classrooms and about 900 students and 30 teachers. He pulled the fire alarm and then began shooting his legally obtained Smith & Wesson M&P 15, an AR-15 style rifle. After six minutes of shooting, he dropped the gun and then blended in with the fleeing students. And he was arrested a little over an hour later. 14 students and three staff members were killed. 15 were injured and needed to be taken to the hospital. This is yeah. one of the worst school shootings ever. Yeah, it is. Um, I have to admit, though, uh, I'm having a hard time feeling anything about it. Uh, you know, the initial report was like, oh, another one. Yeah. Yeah. This has become normal. Yep. And that's disgusting. There are about 150,000 people who have in some way, encountered a school shooting since Columbine. Yeah. That's God, not even I 19 still remember, years ago. I, just, I still remember that like it was freaking yesterday. That was 1999. Yeah. I was about to get into, you know, getting into school. I was about to enter high school. You can't wear trench coats. That was the joke. We never, ever thought it would get this bad. Yeah. It's, oh, man. Uh so what kind of response have we seen from politicians from the Republican side with a few exceptions? Um, Kasich from Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, Ohio is, uh, who's probably going to be running for president again, has, uh, said that we, we need to ban assault weapons. Uh, Democrats are wanting to at least have a discussion about how to stop this from happening. And the rest of the Republicans, Thoughts and prayers. Yes, literally, yeah, thoughts and prayers. Facebook tweets, um, no action. In fact, the NRA had a major sale two days after the shooting. Uh, I, it's amazing. It is just amazing that more people aren't outraged. Thoughts and prayers have never done anything. Uh, it's been nice to see some protests where students are from the very high school where the shooting happened are absolutely livid about the last lack of action. Uh, it's been nice to see people sending campaign contribution checks to Republican uh, Republicans that are running for re-election for the amount of thoughts and prayers. They do nothing. And what is so frustrating here is the Republican Party has politicized everything. You know, they keep on complaining that Democrats keep making everything into a partisan political issue. That you you know you shouldn't be politicizing tragedy. No, that is bullshit. It's the Republicans who are politicizing things. Gun violence keeps happening. Mass shootings keep happening, and they keep getting more lethal. And those aren't even the worst parts of gun violence. The number of children who get access to a unsecured weapon at home 
and kill themselves or somebody else is terrible. One of the leading indicators of will a woman get murdered is if there is a gun in the home. If you have a gun in the home, you are more likely to die in the event of a home robbery. There is no good argument to be made for guns for safety. There is definitely no good argument to be made for weapons of war for safety. An AR-15 is a military-style assault rifle. And yes, I know assault rifle isn't a term that has any real meaning. It is a fucking weapon of war. It is as reasonable to say that an average citizen has a right to carry and own military-grade weapons as it is to say that civilians should be free to drive around in tanks or possess their own nuclear weapons. It is absolute and utter bullshit. And the politicizing of all of this needs to stop violence and access to terrible, horrible weapons is not something that should be political. It is something that should be handled with a reasonable policy discussion based on evidence, based on studies, based on, heck, even just trying things out to see if we can find a solution that makes things better. We're not looking for the be-all, end-all solution to this. We're looking for better. I've got a be-all, end-all solution for it. <laughs> like, no guns. Yeah, that would that would solve it. I know. Ultra, super, like, le- you know, I wouldn't even say liberal, because it's not a liberal-slash-conservative issue. It's a, um, I don't know, a respect for human life versus not issue rights of the individual i just don't think individuals should have the right to be able to easily kill other people yeah it's it's, it's a lot harder to do with a knife than it is with an ar-15 and and the big the big issue and we keep bringing this up every time there is a mass shooting that we talk about reasonable gun control measures won't stop violence but they will reduce lethality yeah it will reduce the amount of lives that are taken if all he had access to was hunting rifles and pistols, it would have been a lot closer to three or four dead. Yeah. Not 17. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're right. It's become a political issue and it shouldn't have been. And those of us in the middle and on the left need to call out conservatives on their bullshit and call them out for politicizing a major public safety issue. Yeah. Definitely. We can do something about this. Australia did it. Lots of places did it. I've done it. And we keep on having absolutely insane mass shootings and thoughts and prayers. Now, that is not to say that those of us who want actions and not just thoughts and prayers are all in the clear here. How many school shootings have there been this year? Oh, let's see. I think I saw a number floating around, um, let's see, 18? Yeah, that's coming from every town for gun safety. This includes a case where a gun was fired off campus. It hit a window of a college. Yeah, it broke the window. Nobody was injured. The gun wasn't fired at the school. This, yeah, I wouldn't really qualify that. The 18 count includes police officers accidentally discharging their weapons on campus. Nobody injured. This includes somebody who threatened to commit suicide just outside of a school. He eventually did kill himself after every student was... Actually, not even after every student was gone. Nine months after the school had shut down. Someone committed suicide outside of a former school. Wow. That's not a, that's not a school shooting. Uh, the, the number of 18 is flat out wrong. And it weakens our case. Yeah. It's just, that's the one that every news uh, authority grabbed a hold of and ran with on their stories. But yeah. Because if you use inflated numbers, you lose credibility. The actual number is at least five, probably eight. That's if you're sticking with intentional use of a weapon on school grounds during hours when students are present and somebody being injured. That gives you five to eight. This is mid-February. Five to eight school shootings 
by mid-February. And that doesn't include the ones that have been foiled, like that kid in Washington. Yeah, oh, that one was actually in December. <laughs> oh, okay. And even that one was, school was closed. There was no nobody present. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is more than one a week is absurd. Exaggerating it is not necessary. Yeah, it's bad enough on its own. You know, even one really bad one is bad enough on its own. Obviously. And I still think when it comes to gun control debate, we can't just focus on the mass shootings. We need to focus on the rest as well. Well, okay. So um, what was that one thing that you said about uh, domestic violence? Yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. The, no woman out there should be with the NRA because <laughs> they're signing their death warrant or at least giving people, you know, the ability to use a, a lethal deadly weapon against them. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. Absolutely absurd. Yes, violence will still happen without a gun, but you're less likely to die from it. And for our final news story before we get to the interview, Sally Hunt is a atheist activist. And she went to the Board of Aldermen of Wentzville, Missouri, to criticize the In God We Trust sign that the Board of Aldermen has lining their big, massive desk. Oh, yeah. That's a popular spot for the In God We Trust motto. Uh, So she explained the history of the phrase. She explained to them how this is exclusionary to non-religious people. And that she's heard complaints from several people in the area about this very sign. The mayor responded by dismissing her, saying that this was that she was the only person that they'd ever heard speaking about it, or at least against the phrase. And even though she had just explained why nobody else is saying anything. So what happened? She was told her time was up. It wasn't. She was told to sit down. And then the mayor asked the police to remove her. Yeah, that is the most undemocratic thing that you can do. Absolutely terrible. I mean, it's, it's unthinkable. Sue. No, she can't. Well, I mean, she shouldn't sue because suing is not good. But she should do something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this just shows how important it is that if you don't agree with something like that, it, it get your it get everybody to write a letter to the office. Um, and whether it's a city council, sheriff's department, aldermen which just makes me laugh because of that one Futurama episode. Um, or, you know, just if you have friends who disagree, have them write a quick letter. Yeah. Because then they can't say, oh, nobody else has complained. You're like, well, actually, lots of people have complained. You're just ignoring them. Yeah, we just them. did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And for, for speaking your mind, being cut short is bad. And being expelled from the room because of it is... Discriminatory. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sorry, no First Amendment right for you. Ah, man. Not cool. Yeah, that's fucked up. But good for her for trying. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with David Silverman. Atheist Nomads is probably brought to you by listeners just like you. You can find out how you can become a patron at patreon.com slash atheistnomads. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash atheistnomads. And we are now joined by David Silverman. He is the president of American Atheists and was last on Atheist Nomads for episode 55, which was released July 11, 2014. Uh, It's been a long time, but David, welcome back. Dustin, thanks for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. All right. So you've got a convention coming up. You want to talk about it? Boy, I have. I am really excited about this convention, Dustin. And thanks for for bringing that up first, because this is um, a really, really big thing that's happening. This is when you, when you do a convention, you go through kind of waves and cycles of of excitement and panic, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And um, we are just coming out of our panic and coming into our excitement. And the reason we're coming into our excitement is that everything has fallen together, and people are starting to buy tickets a lot. And the uh, we got three major factors that are contributing to this convention to making it um, really special. And you know, it's 2018; it's not an anniversary year or anything. 
But this convention is turning out to be a really special convention. And I'm really excited about it. It's seven weeks away. It's Easter weekend again. It's March 30th to April 1st, um, 2000, uh, March 30th to April 1st. And um, we've got three big differences with this convention. Um, the first convention, the first big difference is the attitude of love and compassion that we're bringing this time. Um, oh, very nice. A lot of, a lot of people... Um, there have been a lot of conventions that have been going up and they have not left a good taste in people's mouths. They have been, uh, negative. They have been uninclusive. They have been, um, mm-hmm. l- less than perfect. And, yeah, pushing hate. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and you know what? That's just, I, I have always been a big tent atheist, but there's not going to be any hate at this convention. Uh, this is about, the, f- the fact that firebrand atheism is linked to love, is, is based on love, it's based on compassion. The reason I'm going to get in your face and tell you that your God is a sham and your religion is a scam and you should dump it because it's shit and deserves to die is compassion. I like you. I want this for you. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. I'm not doing it to piss you off. I'm doing it to, to convince you to think in certain ways that you haven't thought before because it's a good thing to do. So. This, this convention that we're putting together is about inclusiveness, it's about positivity, it's about compassion, it's about heart. The theme for the convention is atheists showing up for good. So we're going to have a charity food drive, we're going to put together um, uh, food for the, for the homeless, we're going to raise money for a guy who's relocating to America out of Jordan, the founder of the Jordanian atheists. He had to come to America to live. We're going to raise money for him. Oh, we're going to, nice. uh, yeah. And we're going to raise money for a local Oklahoma city, um, charity as well. And this is the stuff that we want to do because it's good to do. Mm-hmm. So we're coming in and then we're going to have comedy and we're going to have music and we're going to have, um, you know, a very positive, very welcoming attitude for everyone. And there will be no assholes on the stage. Uh, at least I hope there will be no assholes on the stage. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do want to just talk about the assholes. Not when, when I talk about people who are not going to be on the stage, I'm not talking about deplatforming anybody. I'm not talking about you know, hating on anybody, but there are some people out there who, um, in the atheist community who just poke fun for the sake of poking fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, they are rude for the sake of being rude. I am not rude for the sake of being rude. There's a big difference between what I do and what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want to do because I want to help you. They're doing what they're doing because they're just assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, the, so if, some people are assholes sometimes, and they say, gee, I was an asshole, and I don't want to be an asshole anymore. And, of course, you're welcome to come to American Atheist if you're not going to be an asshole. Of course, you know, we like everybody uh, who's—and and redemption is real. And, uh, you know, if you're not an asshole anymore, please come. But we're not going to be putting anybody up on the stage um, who's, like, famous for being an asshole. Right, because if you did— not only are you giving them platform, but you're leading them, lending them your credibility. Yeah, and I'm also damaging my audience. Mm-hmm. I'm da- I- I'm making my audience feel at yeah ill at ease. I'm making the women, the minorities in our audience, feeling bad. The the people who are being made fun of are feeling bad. Uh, I- I'm not going to do that. That's just not what we're about. Yeah, and you'd um, be alienating any members of your organization that are yeah. in any of those groups. That would not be a good thing to do. (laughs) It's just not what we're about. Yeah. Um, It's not what American Atheist is about. So the first thing that people need to know about the American Atheist National Convention is that it's about the love. And we're bringing the love. We're bringing the compassion. We're going to showcase it so that people can see what an atheist convention should be. Now, we've been doing conventions for two decades, three decades. And... You know, we know exactly what we're doing to the best degree that we can. And uh, we're going to make this a fun, happy, uh, fun-filled convention. There's a rumor of an open bar. I don't know, but maybe there's a rumor of an open bar. Oh, that'll be so much better than D.C. Because D.C., they didn't have enough bartenders for us. You know what? There weren't enough bartenders in D.C. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
And we're not going to have that problem at this convention in, in Oklahoma City. They've got lots of bartenders in Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City, by the way, is a great city. And they are ready for us, and they are looking forward to us. And there's a lot of people from Oklahoma City who are coming, and we're going to help uh, solidify the Oklahoma City atheist beat atheist um, presence with this convention. So the first thing that you have to remember is that it's going to be a lot of fun. The second thing that you need to know about the convention is the speakers. And, you know, I'm always willing to admit that when I first started to go to an atheist convention, I would go and I would skip a lot of the speakers. And I would just hang out at the bar and hang out with my friends, and that's great. You want to do that, that's great. But this year, we wanted to make sure that we were bringing in speakers that were different and special. And so we've got, on one side, we've got Barry Lynn, the executive director, the former, now executive director for Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Mm. Uh, he, he's a reverend. He's a sweet guy. He's a really the best ally on the theistic side that we have. Mm -hmm. He's a wonderful guy, and um, he's the softest guy, he's the mushiest guy you'll ever meet. On the other side of him, we've got Inna Shevchenko. And if you don't know who Inna Shevchenko is, you need to look her up. She is the uh, leader of FEMAN, uh, which is basically the chopless jihadis in from Ukraine and Europe who are protesting... <laughs> The uh, Muslims, the Muslim imams, the Muslim uh, yeah. masses. Uh, their leader is Inna Shevchenko. She is my idea of a firebrand atheist. When she oh, yeah. speaks, I get fired up. When she speaks, my blood boils. And she is coming in from, I don't know if she's coming in from Ukraine or, or UK right now. I don't know where she is, but she's coming in. And she's going to dazzle us with some hardline international firebrand atheism. And then... We're going to have our keynote speaker, and our keynote speaker is the movement's first A-list celebrity. Our keynote speaker is Hugh Laurie from House. Oh, nice. Is, oh, yeah. And he is coming to Oklahoma City, and he is going to uh, speak live from the stage, and, and, and I am just so thrilled to have him. I'm just so thrilled that he is um, taking time out of his amazingly busy schedule um, to come and be at our convention uh, for us because he likes our movement, because he likes American Atheists, because he supports us. Um, it's really an honor to be able to tell your listeners that an actual A-list TV star is going to be on stage at the American Atheist National Convention. And, um, you know, this, it's just going to be fantastic. And so... <laughs> So what would you pay, right? So let's talk about number three. What would you pay for a three-day convention that is based on love, based on fun, based on compassion, including comedy, including, uh, including a DJ, including uh, lots of fun, including some badass speakers, mm -hmm. including a Hugh Laurie level of, level of star? What would you pay? Well, especially when you add in a rumored open bar. Especially when you add in a rumored open bar. 500 on the low end, 1,000 on the high end? So you see, here's the thing. The American Atheist National Convention is among the least expensive conventions in the country. And our conventions are uh, much less than everyone else. But I will let you know that we have extremely discounted our pricing. So if you're a Oklahoma resident... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, you can come to the convention for $50. Oh, wow. If you're a person who simply cannot afford to pay the full price, I think the full price is around $250. If you're a person who simply cannot afford to pay it, you can pay less on your honor system. We have oh, hardship wow. pricing. We have hardship pricing honor system. So all you have to do is tell us that you can't afford the 250 and you can pay 99 for the entire convention. Oh, that is incredible. So we are bringing in, and, and so here's what I'm, I, I, and for those of you who, who play in economics at all, um, this is, this is total supply and demand stuff here. Okay. We are taking the price artificially down. Mm -hmm. We are taking a fantastic convention. And we are lowering the price to well below market value mm -hmm. for one reason. 
And we're only doing it for one reason. We want lots of people. We want to fill this room, and we will. And I want when I, when I put Hugh Laurie in front of the state, in front of the people, I want to put Hugh Laurie in front of a huge crowd of cheering atheists. And let me tell you something. If you you let's see, did, have you ever been to one of our conventions, Dustin? Uh, D- DC in 2012. Okay, so DC in 2012, we had a thousand people. We had 1,200 people at that convention. Yes, Remember we how did. big that was? Oh, it was and amazing. That, when you walk into a room full of a thousand atheists for the first time, it's one thing to do walk into a room full of 50 or 100 or 200. When you walk into a room and there's a thousand atheists, everything changes. Mm-hmm. The feel changes. The, the 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 room vibrates. Oh yeah. And you meet some of the most fantastic people anywhere. And we are looking to make Oklahoma City that convention. We're looking to make Oklahoma City the positive, filled to the brim, less expensive, star studded convention that everybody will remember for a very long time. So this is something that I hope everybody can come and join. The website is atheists.org slash convention 2018. That's atheists.org, A-T-H-E-I-S-T-S dot org slash convention 2018. This convention will sell out because of the economics of it. What's the, your, will, the max seating? The max seating is 1100. All right. And yeah. we're going to max it out. We are going to max it out. I mean, we're the, the tickets are selling now and they're selling fast um, I believe we've sold over a hundred tickets in the past week. <laughs> so it's, and we're seven weeks out. So the, the, the tickets are selling out the hotel. We have a great hotel. It's the Sheraton downtown in, um, downtown, uh, Oklahoma city. It's a fantastic hotel. Book your rooms there. You'll want to be in that hotel. Um, and, uh, we do have a very good rate for that hotel. When you're done at the bar, you want sh- a short stumbling distance. You want a very, very short stumbling distance because I hear that rumor of an open bar is just really <laughs> persistent. And, you know, we, we, who knows if it's true or not, because I can't promise that kind of thing on some types of things. But there's a real strong rumor that there's going to be a lot of booze and there's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, and a lot of good people, a lot of good people, a lot of happy people, a lot of uh, accepting people. Um, and so... Folks, if you haven't been to an atheist convention, uh, you know, and every time you hear somebody who's putting on an atheist convention, they all say, if you go to any atheist convention, go to ours. Well, here's the scoop. American Atheist has been doing this for decades, and we have the largest atheist conventions in the country. We did have a a 1,200-person convention in D.C. over the Reason Rally, which, by the way, I also ran. Mm -hmm. So... This is an experienced organization and putting together the, uh, some good events, uh, great events, the best events. And by the way, this might be our best event yet. It really might be. It certainly has our lowest prices. It certainly has our highest quality stars ever. So this is going to be one hell of a convention, and I really hope that everybody uh, can come. It's March 29th, well, March 30th to April 1st. Uh, in Oklahoma City, it's at atheist.org slash convention, and uh, I am, I'm just really glad, Dustin, that you let me brought, come on the show to talk about it, because as you can hear, I'm really excited about oh, it. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> I, I really am pumped, because I'm out of the doldrums, right? You're, you go through this phase of, holy crap, we've got so much work to do. Holy crap, what if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen? What if, what if you know, nobody comes? What if the stars aren't showing up? What if, what if, what if, what if? But then you come out of it, and you're like, oh, okay, everybody agreed to the speaker's agreement. Oh, okay, um, the tickets are selling. Oh, okay, um, the room block is filling up. Oh, okay, oh, look, you know, it looks like we're going to be fantastic. And then you start getting really excited, and that's where I am right now. Awesome. Watching this, this piece of art, because putting together a convention is part science, part art, and watching this this piece of art just come to be and, and, and bloom is, is it's really kind of thrilling, frankly. Um, and I'm getting as excited about this as I have for, you know, more excited than I was for some recent conventions that we've put up. Uh, this is turning out to be 
uh, an A-plus convention. And I am really excited about it. I'm really excited about the positivity. I'm really excited about the charity food drive, the, the, the food packing event. We're going to have an after party. If you join up for the food packing event, and that basically what that means is you're going to stand in, a, you're going to put on a, uh, a hairnet, and you're going to put on some gloves, and you're going to pack food for four, for poor people, and then after that, we're going to have a party, an extra after party, uh, just for the people who do the charity, huh, because nice. we want people to do the charity. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it, it, this is going to be a loving, happy, fun, caring event. And I am uh, really excited about it and really um, happy to be able to present it uh, and bring it to the uh, American Atheist audience. Um, uh, a lot of people are putting up conventions and they don't know what they're doing. And, well, the good news is we do. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's turning out to be a really beautiful event. And we're really excited to bring this to the movement. Uh, is there going to be any child care? There's going to be a Camp Quest. We haven't nailed down the details for that yet, but there will be a Camp Quest event at the event at the uh, thing. So if you have children, you can bring them for Camp Quest. Um, we don't know if we're going to have babysitting yet. Okay, so at least good for yeah. school age kids. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely going to be great for school age kids. We got a whole bunch of programs that are that are shaping up now, and and um, it, it's something that I am. Um, you know, it's really going to be fun. We're buying a whole bunch of, you know, little fun things that are going to add a lot of fun to this convention. My objective is for everybody to leave this convention with their faces sore from smiling too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. So, so that's the big pitch. Uh, that, the, and thank you for letting me go on and ramble on about that a little bit, Dustin. But as you can hear, I'm really excited ab- about this convention. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about Hugh Laurie. You know? Oh man, um, yeah, that's that's a, a awesome score you got there. <laughs> it, it is. It is an awesome. Yeah, it, it's something that I mean. Okay, so you were at the Reason Rally uh-huh. when I created the Reason Rally. When you know, in the top lines of what I want to get out of the Reason Rally, there were a lot of things I wanted to get out of that. But one of the top lines was A-list celebrities, and we did not get that for Reason Rally One. And we didn't get that for Reason Rally too. We got Pendulette, and thank you so much for Pendulette. We got we got um, you know we got uh, Bad Bill Religion Mark, for the first one, and that was awesome, right? Yeah, uh, they're they're a list. Okay, okay, well that's cool. Yeah, um, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But I didn't get. We we were looking for. I was thinking Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, or Hugh Laurie, mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, we didn't get any of them for Reason Rally 1. Uh, we got um, a little bit more for Reason Rally 2. Thank you, Pendulette, for coming to Reason Rally 2. Uh, but, um, damn, we got some co- a couple congressmen at Reason Rally 2, but we haven't had any actual uh, A-list people, A-list human beings, mm-hmm. as opposed to groups, uh, to come and actually do a speech and actually associate with us as a movement. Yeah, And so this is like the first time that anybody's actually been able to make this happen. Um, there, I mean, there have been times when like the, when other organizations um, have like somebody, they, I think uh, Seth MacFarlane accept, accepted an award some time ago and that's great. Not, not this and him, but what I'm saying is that this, he's not coming for an award. He's not coming for anything other than to help us. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he's coming is because he likes us. Yeah. <laughs> he followed us and he's talking to me and, and it's a really humbling. And I'm so, I'm so goddamn grateful to this man, uh, for coming and, uh, and, and leading the way of people who are going to be associating with this movement in the future. He is paving a way and, uh, you know, in a real way, history is going to be made at this because society follows the A-list celebrities. Mm-hmm. Society follows. Them. That's why I wanted one in Reason Rally One, and this is you know it, it could be a turning point. It could be a tipping point. So it, I I'm very excited about that, and um, I'm bubbling over about it, frankly. <laughs> and um, and uh, it's um, it's something you know when we have been pushed down so hard by the Trump administration, when we've had so many defeats, um, it's important for people to realize that we are going to come back. 
It's important people yeah. for people to realize that uh, we are down but not out, and that is true. You know, a nationwide. Atheists are the fastest-growing religious demographic in all 50 states. I believe we're 30% of the under 30 and 40% of the other under 20 crowd. Mm-hmm. And and the the under the, the reason that um, the, the evangelical vote is associating itself with Amer- with with Donald Trump, and they are going to win all the short-term battles, but they're going to lose the long term because the young evangelicals are watching. And the young evangelicals are on the internet, and the young evangelicals are seeing their older evangelical friends, their parents, um, completely sell out the evangelical movement so that they can have some short-term gains. Yep, and, and stand behind, stand behind an immoral person. And then the older evangelicals are going to die. <laughs> yes, that's what's going to happen. And so, and so the the older generation dies out. That is going to happen. The younger generation is going to vote. That is going to happen. And so the shift is happening. It's just that right now, we have gotten the crap kicked out of us politically and judicially. Uh, Judicially, it's just awful. We love hearing from our listeners. You can email us at contact at atheistnomads.com. Tweet us at atheistnomads. Send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Or better yet, call us and leave us a message at 541-203-0666. We might even play it on the show. You can also help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast directory of choice. You know, we're an advocacy organization. We're a legal or uh, an advocacy organization. We're, of course, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Please join American Atheists. We need your help. Um, so what we've been doing is, you know, we were started with a lawsuit. We were started by Madeline Murray O'Hare, who took prayer out of schools, mm-hmm. uh, via lawsuit back in 1963. And we have been fighting for the separation of church and state since then. And when you and I last talked in 2014, we were talking about um, billboards, Ten Commandments monuments, and billboards. Yeah. Yes, bill. Well, the billboards are uh, the the billboards have shifted uh, in in importance because of course they become less and less um newsworthy right right and you had to keep pushing the 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 envelope to keep it in the news you can only push so far right there's only so much you can do so uh you know back in 2012 2010 we put you know it's a myth in front of the lincoln tunnel one billboard was on the air in nine different countries. It was on the national news in <laughs> nine different countries. Now we're kind of reduced, um, but we still get lots of local news. When we put up billboards, uh, the Christmas billboards this year were around Oklahoma City, and we linked it to our convention. And yeah, we did get some local news out of it, and we got our money's worth, but there's no more Fox News. Fox News doesn't care anymore. CNN doesn't care anymore. MSNBC doesn't care anymore. You've become too mainstream. We have, and that is a, it is an unfortunate but fortunate uh, symptom of our success. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that, this is fine. We've this been, is what normalization is. Yeah, I got to see that locally with uh, Treasure Valley Coalition of Reason. We were in the 4th of July parade every year. First few mm-hmm. years, we got a few cheers and a whole lot of booze. By uh, the sixth year, nobody cared. Yeah, because you normalized atheism. Yep. And that's that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. That's why I, I wear I wear billboard shirts. I wear billboard when I say billboard. I wear I am an atheist shirt or some atheist shirt, big mm-hmm. bold atheist shirts, all the time when I travel, all the time. And I used to get stopped. I used to get, and I had exactly the same experience as you had. I used to get um, some middle fingers and a few cheers, and then I got no middle fingers and lots of cheers, and now I get nothing at all. Right. And what's crazy, that's always been the goal. Yes. That's success. That's always the goal. That is success. Yes. And and that's one of the things that billboards have done for us. You know, people say, well, your billboards, they they make people sad. They, they make people angry. No, they make people aware. They get on the news and they get people talking and they make people aware and they make people talk about atheists and they make atheism normalized they make atheism mainstream and you know i don't know if you've read my book fighting god uh, fighting god just came out in paperback i went in on a five country three continent book tour hmm. for fighting god and it just came out in paperback and in fighting god i talk about the billboards and how 
plot the billboards against independent quantitative data to show their efficacy. And a lot of times, people who are activists or, uh, let's just say, opinion leaders, they don't back their stuff up, okay? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that guy. So fighting God, I take independent quantitative data, which, by the way, I know how to use, and I plot it against, I apply actual real skepticism to my hypotheses, and I try to prove myself wrong, which you're supposed to do for skepticism, Mm -hmm. and I fail. And so what I can show you in Fighting God is independent quantitative data that shows, and here is the here's the set of words that I'm using, and I don't believe anybody else can use this set of words. I can show you independent quantitative data from multiple sources, which correlates with the hypothesis that American atheists, all seven employees, that American atheists is single-handedly changing the zeitgeist of this country and improving the normalization of atheism. I can show you independent quantitative data that supports that hypothesis, and there is no independent quantitative data or any data that declines, that, that, that um, detracts from the hypothesis, that debates the hypothesis. Nice. I can plot it against, I can put it on charts. In fact, I do. And I can put it against each other, and I do. And I can give source after source after source, and I can show you how... Um, hardline firebrand atheism has changed America. And I can show you that the firebrand atheism that's coming from American atheists specifically mm-hmm. has changed America. And I can show you a strong correlation for that. And it's a very good argument. And um, it's something that I'm very proud of, that Fighting God is now out on paperback. My, my agent for Fighting God is Barack Obama's agent. My <laughs> publisher is... My publisher is Macmillan St. Martin's. It's one of the largest publishers in the world. They're the ones that own the Flatiron Building in New York. And uh, I am just so happy with both of those entities. My agent, my agency, and my publisher have done a really fantastic job of making this book something um, special. Awesome. And so I, I am really, really pleased with them. And I'm going back out on a college campus tour this year, this spring, in the next couple of months. So if everybody would follow my Twitter, it's at Mr. Atheist Pants. Um, you can uh, find out when I'm coming on a tour uh, near you. I'm actually going to be in Fort Myers, Florida tomorrow, but that's after this, this podcast comes out. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so what have we seen since then? We mm-hmm. have seen um, a growth in atheism, but we've also, in, since Trump, we've seen a growth in um, bad stuff and uh, real huge attacks against the separation of church and state. And a lot of times, um, you know, I've been, in this, I've been in this movement for 21 years. I was here through George W. Bush, and George W. Bush was a cakewalk compared mm-hmm. to Donald Trump. And um, I know there are like five atheists left out there who actually support Donald Trump, um, and I don't understand them. And American Atheists is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we don't endorse political people, and we don't endorse political candidates. But goddamn, this man is hurting the separation of church and state. Oh, yeah. He he is an absolute train wreck. He is an absolute train wreck. He is destroying everything. It it is. he, He is not destroying it. He is crippling. Uh, yes, and he's crippling that is it, correct. And he's, he's crippling it to such a degree that um, I just—it's uh, it, discouraging how much he's crippling us. And it's discouraging what he's doing to the federal judiciary. It's discouraging what he's doing to the school system. It's discouraging to what he's doing for religious liberty in the name of religious liberty, but he's not doing anything for religious liberty. He's doing something for Christianity and only Christianity mm-hmm. um, and calling it religious liberty. Uh, he is um, really doing some serious damage to us, and that's why American Atheists has uh, had to change its tack. Uh, we have a new legal center down in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're going to be going after states, localities, and uh, to a certain degree, federal legislation um, that will protect the separation of church and state and or delay the erosion of the separation of church and state uh, until we can outlast this presidency and um, and bring back what we need uh, with the next election. So you're doing both lobbying and judicial action? 
Yeah, and we're, we're concentrating both lobbying and judicial action, but the judicial action is mainly on the state side. Okay. Because the federal the federal bench has been decimated. Yeah. And so, like, going after, like, a First Amendment lawsuit right now, it, it just wouldn't... It, an establishment clause lawsuit right now, um, you'd have to make it really strong right, in order just, to make it stick. You're just going to get thrown out for lack of standing. It, and and it's, a, it's very easy to do that. And so it's... It's something, that, and if you, and the other side is, if you don't get thrown off a lack of standing, if you go through a judge and you lose, you make bad law. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. you don't want to make bad law. We don't want to make bad law. We have to be very, very strategic in how we do things. Now that we have a judicial, a judiciary that is severely tarnished with the Christian right, because of course Mitch McConnell didn't let President Obama fill federal judgeships any more than he let him fill the Supreme Court, and that backfill was backfilled by president trump um care of the christian right so in some cases in some cases people who aren't even qualified to be lawyers yes yes and and that's all legal and so we have to outlast this in the meantime we have to not we have to be very very cautious with what we do at the federal level so the state level is a great place for us to work and also at the federal level for blocking uh, legislation and blocking things, uh, stopping things that erode the separation of church and state, doing whatever we can, working with other organizations, working with non-movement organizations, working in partnership with um, with non-movement entities, uh, other movements, um, to mm-hmm. slow this guy down, stop this guy from doing what he can. When it comes to church-state separation issues, there's a lot of Christian organizations that you can work with. Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, Barry Lynn, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're, they're, we have a lot of friends in a lot of places, and we and we love our friends. We are going to be working with our friends um, to stop whatever we can until 2020. And in 2020, we're going to be really energizing the Atheist Voter Program to grow a grassroots atheist voting bloc. That's what's happening from now until 2020 and through 2020 to really nourish the atheist voter, to really nourish the atheist voting block. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to, as a block, take the country back for somebody. I don't care what side. Well, I do personally, of course. But as the president of American Atheists, we're not saying that we want to pick up side Republican or Democrat. We are saying that we want to pick a side that supports the separation of religion and government, mm-hmm. because religion and gov- the separation of religion and government is a synonym for religious freedom. If you don't have the separation of church and state, you don't have religious freedom. You can't say it, but I can. <laughs> the Republican Party right now is not anything that is worth worthy of any kind of power and is dangerous and needs to die. So vote Democrat, help kill what is the Republican Party right now so it can come back in a less toxic and diseased state. Yeah, I think that's very well put. I think that's very well put. Um, I, the Republican Party isn't going to die, but it does need a reformation. Yeah. And um, they need to see that the separation of church and state is a good thing. And uh, they don't see that right now. And there's no reason for them to see it because President Trump is giving the religious right everything it could possibly want. And they've managed to gerrymander their way into absolute control of way too many states so they can try everything they can there and the more that trump yeah. can pack the courts the more bad precedent they can create yeah oh it, it's 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 a mess but we're not out okay yeah. it's a mess and 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 the one thing that i want your people to understand is this is not the time to give up this is not the time to pack it in this is the time to dig in this is the time to fight harder mm-hmm. and gear up for the long haul this is going to be something that we're very proud of ourselves for uh, in about two decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when we are old and we're sitting in our rocking chairs, we're going to look back at the Trump administration and we're going to look back at the win that we had when we took it back. And we're going to be really, really happy with ourselves and our children and our grandchildren are going to be really, really happy with us. This is activism. Activism isn't easy. Activism isn't always fun, but it is always important. And I hope everybody who wants to be an activist is an activist. And if you don't want to be an activist or if you can't be an activist, listen, folks, we have to talk about money. We have to talk about donations. If you can't be an activist, be a member, be a donor. 
because American atheists, and let me just talk a little bit about that, because okay. whenever I ask for money, people say, oh, here it comes. He's just like another religion. He's just like another church. I don't have to join because I'm not a joiner. And that is such crap. That is such crap. You know, American Atheists has seven employees, and we're a nonprofit organization, and we do activism for a living. We do activism for you for a living, and we do it for free. We do it based on donations. We're paid on donations. And to let you know what's going on, uh, American Atheists has our, um, has our books audited voluntarily every year, and we post that audit on the web. So that everybody who wants to know where their money is going knows how we're spending our money. And you're never going to get that from any church. Right. You're never going to get that from any church. And we're, we've got to um, really pe- make people understand that American Atheist has seven employees. We have a building with no mortgage and no rent. We have solar panels on the roof. We don't pay electricity either. Hmm. So, we, so when you make a donation to American Atheists, it's 100% tax deductible. But as well, uh, on top of that, you are not just throwing money into a bin. You are buying activism. Mm -hmm. You are buying activism from an extremely efficient and transparent organization that has been doing activism since 1963. Yeah. And we deserve your support. And we need your support. Well, and you're not asking for 10%. No. Well, sure. If you want to give us 10%, that would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, and that would all be tax deductible, but I want you to give until it feels good. But yes, um, I mean, if you could do $10 a month, $10 a month is a really good thing, right? And, and a lot yeah. of people out there who can hear me, you can afford $10 a month, and it is 100% tax deductible, and you can afford the $10 a month to help out the most efficient uh, and the only uh, atheist organization, the only nonprofit organization Again, the only nonprofit organization that can show quantitative data from independent sources supporting the assertion that we as an individual company are changing this country with seven employees, mm-hmm. no mortgage, and no electric bill. Yeah. So, so, so please see what's happening here. We're not some big behemoth that, I mean, if you, I mean, I, I, if you donate 120 or $10 a month to uh, the Red Cross, that's a great organization too, but that really is a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. That is a huge organization with so much bureaucracy, and I mean, I'm not going to badmouth it. I, I don't really know how much bureaucracy there is in the, in the Red Cross. I'm just assuming it because it's huge. Yeah, it's and, a lot of bureaucracy. I mean, I'm just assuming it, yeah. okay? I, I don't want to badmouth another another nonprofit organization. If you donate the money to a church, the money's gone because there's no oversight at all. There's no responsibility at all. You're never going to see how much that church makes, how much that church pays in programs, how much that church pays in salaries. That's posted on the web for American atheists. Yeah. So that you know where it's going. So transparency is key and and efficiency is key. And I run a very transparent, very efficient machine with seven fantastic employees and very low costs so that people who donate to American Atheists and people who join American Atheists know that they are joining and supporting a quality organization and that they are buying quality activism from the movement's best activists. And that's something that I, I, I really hope everybody understands. No, it's not like donating to a church, because a donating to a church is giving money to God, which is another euphemism for giving money to the preacher, and the preacher puts it in his pocket, and you never see where that mm-hmm. money goes. You see where the money goes with American atheists. We post it on the web because we're proud of it. We're proud of all the work that we do, and we're proud. I am very proud of how American Atheist spends its members' money. And I think that uh, the, the donors that we have that come back and donate and, and support us over and over again, year after year, and in some cases, decade after decade, appreciate how much we are giving back. And, and, and I hope that your, your listeners will seriously consider joining American Atheists. I mean, the membership is 35 bucks a year. A lot of people can afford that. Yeah, that's not much. <laughs> What's better for us and better for you, what's better for us and better for a lot of people is $10 a month. If you can do $10 a month for American atheists, that really does help because Mm -hmm. our budget isn't the budget of the Red Cross. Our budget is the budget of American atheists, and we need that $120 a year. We need that $10 a month. That 
makes a difference. And if a thousand people do that, it's $120,000 a year. Yeah. And if that happens, that changes our, I mean, if, I mean, if a thousand people give $10 a, uh, a month to American atheists, it would change the amount of activism we would do. Okay, that's that's how much of an impact that would have. It would change the amount of activism that we would do. I could hire a person for one hundred twenty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? I could I could I could do a lot with one hundred twenty with 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 uh, with one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. My goodness, what could I do with the atheist voter program? I could buy a <laughs> lot of of shirts and a lot of supplies for local activists. I could help a lot of local groups become five hundred one c three nonprofits. So one hundred twenty thousand dollars actually would change the way we did business. $120,000 to the Red Cross or the United Way, they wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they so, really wouldn't. <laughs> so they, they, they really wouldn't. And again, no disrespect to, the, to those larger organizations. They're doing their thing, and they're important organizations too. But if you want bang for your donation buck, American Atheist is the place to go. And the website, again, is atheists.org. You can go to atheists.org slash join um, and, and join up as a member or even a life member if you can afford it. If you can, if you can do $100 a month for 12 months, you can become a life member for American Atheist, and that's 100% tax deductible. Very nice. All right, we've got just a couple minutes left. Sure. What's the big push going to be with the, the Atheist Voter Program? Do you have any plans worked out yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Atheist Voter Program is a pretty extensive plan, um, and we're we're working it now. We have um, uh, I've hired a person, uh, Jim Helton, uh, to be the grassroots organizer for activism uh, for the entire atheist American atheist movement. We have about I, I we have a, a large wealth. I believe it's close to two hundred local affiliates, um, and we are going to be motivating them to be doing activism in the name of atheism, doing whatever they want to do. Um, so that they can get used to activism, and we're going to fund a lot of it. We're going to spur it. We're going to fund it. We're going to give them action items from the legal side, uh, and we're going to do what we can to spur them into activism. And we're going to we're we're already doing that now. Um, the Free Inquiry Group in Cincinnati has taken on sexual sex education in the public schools, and hmm. that's their activism. But they're doing it as atheists, oh, right? Nice. And they and they're doing it because they love it, not because we tell them to. We're doing it because we tell them do activism, and we'll help you. And we're helping them, and they're doing the activism that they love, and that's fantastic activism. I'm very proud of it. And yeah, when the time comes for 2020 election to come around, mm-hmm. we're going to have a network of managed local activist atheist organizations and we're going to do one great big push for voter turnout voter registration and voter visibility ah very nice well i should say atheist voter turnout atheist voter registration and atheist voter visibility and um hopefully we intend to create the voting block uh that we deserve and gain the respect that we deserve in the 2020 election our 2020 election is going to be um, manipulated and affected by the atheist voter program uh, if it kills me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm really excited about it, too, because I think the plan is good. Um, the plan is obviously much more detailed than what I just gave you. But um, I think the plan is good. And I think the follow up to those to 2020 uh, is going to be uh, pretty spectacular as well. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, if you're a member of your local organization, uh, that's great. By the way, you should also be paying uh, dues to your local organizations uh, because your local organizations are working very hard. Um, but also uh, try and get active in those organizations. Some organizations are all about drinking with atheists and going out and having you know, maybe board night or game night. But there's a lot of activism that you might want to do. And so maybe if you're interested in doing a little bit of activism on maybe a pet project, maybe something that, that stirs you, maybe that's something that's kind of supplemental to uh, kind of superficial or kind of tangential, rather, is the word, uh, to the atheist movement, uh, let's talk about it. Let's get you guys active doing what you love doing um, and get you addicted to the feeling of being an activist. And once you're addicted to the feeling of being an activist, once 2020 comes around, you're going to be ready to, to, to help out. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Well, David, I think we've taken enough of your time. Uh, thank Thanks, you very Dustin. much for joining us. Dustin, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, once again, American Atheist National Convention, March 30th through April 1st, Oklahoma City. Uh, American Atheist is at atheists.org, A-T-H-E-I-S-T-S dot O-R-G. And the name of my book is Fighting God, uh, an Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. Fighting God is on sale now everywhere in 
uh, audiobooks and ebooks and Barnes and Noble, and there's a paperback edition that has an epilogue that I wrote after Trump and Pence were elected. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you know what, Dustin? Thank you so much for having yeah. me on and letting me and letting me talk for so long. Uh, you know, usually when I go on uh, television or radio, people interrupt me all the time, and and you didn't, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, links to everything will be in the show notes. Um, So listeners, be sure to check that out. Um, David, thank you very much again. And listeners, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at atheistnomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at Atheist Nomads. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. Theme music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been The Atheist Nomads.